interested in the novelty of the ship, suggested that he should stay the night on board, and that he would himself be ready to start at any hour and to go anywhere that the other suggested. This affectionate willingness to fall in with his own plans quite won the old man's heart. He warmly accepted the invitation, and at once they became not only on terms of affectionate relationship, but almost like old friends. The heart of the old man, which had been empty for so long, found a new delight. The young man found, on landing in the old country, a welcome and a surrounding, in full harmony with all his dreams throughout his wanderings and solitude, and the promise of a fresh and adventurous life. It was not long before the old man accepted him to full relationship by calling him by his Christian name. After a long talk on affairs of interest, they retired to the cabin, which the elder was to share. Richard Salton put his hands affectionately on the boy's shoulders. Though Adam was in his twenty-seventh year, he was a boy, and always would be, to his grand-uncle. "'I'm so glad to find you as you are, my dear boy. Just such a young man as I've always hoped for a son.' in the days when I still had such hopes. However, that is all past. But thank God there is a new life to begin for both of us. You must be the larger part, but there is still some time for some of it to be shared in common. I have waited until we should have seen each other to enter upon the subject, for I thought it better not to tie up your young life in my old one until we should have sufficient personal knowledge to justify such a venture. Now I can, so far as I am concerned, enter into it freely, since from the moment my eyes rested on you I saw my son, as you shall be, God willing, if he chooses such a course himself. Indeed I do, sir, with all my heart. Thank you, Adam, for that. The old man's eyes filled and his voice trembled. Then after a long silence between them he went on. When I heard you were coming I made my will. It was well that your interest should be protected from that moment on. Here is the deed. Keep it, Adam. All I have shall belong to you, and if love and good wishes or the memory of them can make life sweeter, yours shall be a happy one. Now, my dear boy, let us turn in. We start early in the morning and have a long drive before us. I hope you don't mind driving. I was going to have the old travelling carriage in which my grandfather, your great-granduncle, went to court when William the Fourth was king. It's all right, they built well in those days, and it has been kept in perfect order. But I think I've done better. I've sent the carriage in which I travel myself. The horses are of breeding, and the relays of them shall take us all the way. I hope you like horses. They've been long one of my greatest interests in life. I love them, sir, and I'm happy to say I have many of my own. My father gave me a horse farm for myself when I was eighteen. I devoted myself to it, and it has gone on. Before I came away, my steward gave me a memorandum that we have in my own place more than a thousand, nearly all good. I am glad, my boy. Another link between us. Just a fancy what a delight it will be, sir, to see so much of England, and with you. Thank you again, my boy. I will tell you all about your future home and its surroundings as we go. We shall travel in old-fashioned state, I tell you. My grandfather always drove four in hand, and so shall we. Oh, thanks, sir, thanks. May I take the ribbons sometimes? Whenever you choose, Adam. The team is your own. Every horse we use today is to be your own. You're too generous, uncle. Not at all. Only an old man's selfish pleasure. It's not every day that an heir to the old home comes back. And 
Oh, by the way, no, no, we'd better turn in now. I shall tell you the rest in the morning. Chapter 2 The Caswalls of Castra Regis Mr. Salton had all his life been an early riser, and necessarily an early waker. But early as he woke on the next morning, and although there was an excuse for not prolonging sleep in the constant whir and rattle of the donkey engine winches of the great ship, he met the eyes of Adam fixed on him from his berth. His grand-nephew had given him the sofa, occupying the lower berth himself. The old man, despite his great strength and normal activity, was somewhat tired by his long journey of the day before, and the prolonged and exciting interview which followed it. So he was glad to lie still and rest his body, whilst his mind was actively exercised in taking in all that he could of his strange surroundings.' 